0: Let's go! Welcome, everybody, to the Bucks Film Room podcast. I'm Brian Sampson, and you can find me on Twitter at Bucks Film Room. I'm ready today to talk about Bucks playoff basketball, which begins Sunday with their first game against the Detroit Pistons. But first, a little personal announcement here. I have joined Forbes Sports as a contributor and will be writing about the Milwaukee Bucks for them as well moving forward. It won't affect my stuff here at BrewHoop, but it'll just give me another platform to write on. My first article there will come out on Thursday, so it'll be out by the time you're listening to this, and I'll be discussing the mini hats that, or writing about the mini hats that Chris Middleton wears, so make sure to check it out there. Now let's hop back to our regular scheduled programming here at Brew Hoop. I'll be going through the film tonight, Thursday night, on the Bucks Pistons matchup. So I'll know a lot more then, and I'll be breaking some of that down for you on Brew Hoop. So make sure you check that out. I know Adam Paris; he's also going to be breaking down the Bucks Pistons series in depth for Brew Hoop. So make sure you check out those articles there. It really should be a great time. I'm looking forward to it. I think that. This, this postseason obviously will have a lot different flavor, a lot different feeling for Bucks fans because they're used to going into this series like last year as a 7 seed, just hoping to scrap a couple games from the banged up Celtics, but this year they go in, heads held high, you know they're confident, we're all confident, so it really should be a whole nother feeling and I'm really excited for what that will look like and how this will all shake out because the playoff schedule was released late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning. So let's just run through that real quick. The Bucks open up in Milwaukee against the Detroit Pistons on Sunday, April 14th. So this Sunday at six o'clock and the game will be on TNT that is worst-case scenario for me. I have to go drive back home after that game. I'll be at the game, and then I'll have to drive back home afterward, which is about a three, three three-and-a-half-hour drive for me. So that will be interesting. I was hoping for a Saturday game or a Sunday afternoon game at worst, just for my personal reasons. Nonetheless, Sunday, April 14th, 6 o'clock. Game 2 will be then on Wednesday, April 17th at 7 o'clock on NBA TV. That's awful. I hate it. I don't even get NBA TV. I don't know what I'm going to do about that. I'll have to stream the game somewhere. Uh, Game 3, Saturday, April 20th. And then the series now for the game 3 obviously shifts to Detroit. So that's April 20th, Saturday at 7 o'clock at ESPN. Game 4, Monday, April 22nd at Detroit 7 o'clock on TNT. Do we even need to go further than that? If there's a Game 5, it'll be Wednesday, April 24th. Game 6 will be Friday, April 26th. Game 7 will be Sunday, April 28th. So lots of rest in between there. You know, between Game 1 and Game 2, they'll have two off days. Between Game 2 and Game 3, they'll have another two off days. So I think that that's great news for the Bucks, especially as they are trying to get healthy. Let's just jump right into this thing. So I think health is the biggest issue for the Bucks. At this point, you know, they finished the season 60 and 22. They definitely could have had somewhere around 64 63, 65 wins if they were really pushing as hard as they wanted to down the stretch, but they go into the playoffs with 60 wins in the regular season. Detroit they're really the worst of these teams that were vying for the last playoff spot. So between them, the Hornets and the Magic, who were kind of these last three teams the Bucks could play the last couple of days of the regular season. The Pistons are the worst of the bunch, so I'm happy about that. Milwaukee can focus on their on their health. Brogdon, he reported that he's a little bit ahead of schedule. He won't be back for round 1 no matter what it sounds like. Miritich, he's questionable for game one. I don't know if he'll play or not. I don't know if the Bucs will take it somewhat cautious with him. Tony Snell, he's a little bit behind Miritich. It sounds like it, I doubt that he'll play game one, but we'll see. Or available. I don't even know if he would play if he's healthy at this point, given the Bucs' uh, deep wing rotation. But I think health is just a major issue for the Bucks in this one. Let's get Miritich back, have them get... Snell back, work on getting Brogdon that much closer, and not have any major injuries or any injuries to any of their guys like Middleton or Giannis or anybody. So I think that's the biggest thing for this first round is is really to to get healthy. On the other side of the aisle, the Pistons are struggling with some injuries or an injury to Blake Griffin as well. Griffin didn't play in the season finale on Wednesday, which I think is saying something because they didn't have the playoffs locked up. He is questionable for Game 1, according to Pistons head coach Dwayne Casey. He's got stuff going on with his knees, so that'll be really interesting. I'm going to jump into this Blake griffin Giannis matchup, which I think is one of the key matchups of this series. So Griffin right now, that's a big question mark. I think he'll play, but I think it's telling also that on Wednesday in their biggest game of the regular season, he didn't play. He was not able to suit up. So we'll see what that means for the Pistons and for the Bucks moving forward. Overall, the Bucks should have no issue rolling through the Pistons. Detroit, they lost seven of their last games, and that even includes winning these last two to end the regular season. So I think that the Bucs will roll right through them. The Bucs swept the season series 4-0. Um, they won all four games. All four games came in Detroit or came in December and January. The Bucks on December 5th beat Detroit by 23 on December 17th, beat them by three on January 1st, beat them by 23 again, and then on January 9th, January 29th, beat them by 10. Um, the Bucks didn't really have anybody that just went crazy in that game. Blake Griffin had a couple of really nice games there, which plays into it. He had 31 points against the Bucks on December 5th, and then 29 points against them on January 1st. So I think that, He will be a big key, but I'm not worried about the Pistons. I think that Milwaukee will roll right through them. Four-game sweep, that's my official prediction as of now. I do reserve all right to change that, though, as I'm diving into the film. I reserve all right to change that, so just make sure that that's known. I can change it at any time. I could change it at the end of Game 4. I wouldn't do that, but... So, Detroit, you know, I think the biggest thing that stands out for me is their big one two punch in their front court. So Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond. That's their one-two punch. That's their go-to guy. Griffin is their main scorer that they'll rely on with Drummond as that secondary guy. Drummond's also a hell of a rebounder. And I think it's great that the Bucks will have Brooke Lopez. That's a perfect matchup for Lopez. Drummond's not going to pull him out. Drummond wants to bang down low Great, let him do that against the bigger, the thicker Brook Lopez. Lopez will use his length and his size advantage. He'll box him out. He'll do an okay job. Drummond will still get some of his own rebounds. But I think that's just that's a great matchup for Brook Lopez here in the first round. I think that that as far as that part goes with Lopez, that could not have gone any better for the Bucks. The part that I am worried a little bit about is the griffin Giannis matchup. Griffin is, they're going to have to match up. That's who Giannis guarded primarily when these two teams matched up in the regular season, and so they're going to be matched up one-on-one again um, in the postseason, and that's maybe the kind of player that Giannis has struggled a little bit with in the past. Um, Giannis, you know, Griffin can be the primary ball handler, can put Giannis as that primary defender, which usually the Bucks like to kind of, let Giannis guard somebody who's not that great at offense, who won't make him pay, um, who allows Giannis to roam, to just kind of do what he wants to do, swat shots, help his teammates, that kind of stuff. But he won't be able to do that with Blake Griffin. You know, Blake Griffin will be that primary initiator, not ball handler, but initiator for the Pistons. And he's a 36% uh, three-point shooter, so he can knock down that shot. You know, he takes seven threes a game, so he's not shy or hesitant so Giannis won't be able to roam around and just kind of do what he wants so he'll have to stick somewhat close to Blake Griffin not saying that Giannis is not capable of that I think Giannis is perfectly capable of that and we'll see that in this game but the Bucks just love to use him in that role as like a free safety like you would see in football and they won't be able to do that against against the Pistons um Blake averaged 24.5 points per game, 7.5 rebounds, 5.4 assists. So their whole offense really runs through him. So that will be really interesting just to see how Giannis handles that. I mean, Blake Griffin's usage percentage is also at 30.2%, which is pretty high. And I just want to see how Giannis reacts to All that they'll run the Pistons what they like to run if my memory serves me correctly is some of those four or five pick and roll so Andre Drummond will come set a ball screen for Griffin and then it'll be basically then Griffin and, and Drummond versus Giannis and Lopez so in the past the bucks have done their typical drop defense where lopez drops into the into the paint on the ball screen giannis has to fight over the top or fight through the screen which he has struggled with you know that's one of his weaknesses that i highlighted in a video earlier this season is his weakness one of his weaknesses on defense is his lateral quickness and his ability to fight over the top of screens. Sometimes he just gets stuck, especially when you got a thick guy like Drummond setting that screen. He can get stuck on those on those picks and sometimes then What happens is that leaves a guy like Lopez on an island. It's one-on-two. Griffin then is coming barreling down the lane. Giannis is still out of the play. It's a one-on-two situation. It really puts that stress on Lopez and on the defense for what he's going to do because Griffin is such a talented scorer. He's such a talented passer. And then Drummond, he's great around the rim as well. So Giannis is really going to have to work Work on fighting over those screens. I truly believe that's what Dwayne Casey and the Pistons are going to target: is Giannis in those in those pick and roll situations to see how he reacts, and because it also makes him work on defense. Um, that way, he can't go all out on offense. He's going to have to be working hard on defense to see how that goes. One thing you know that I think the Bucks have options on is mixing up their lineups. The the Pistons, they start Bruce Brown, who is basically a non factor on offense. So I'm not saying that Budenholzer should do this, but I think it's one option is to put Giannis on Brown. That way it lets Giannis roam the roam the paint and be that helper. Bruce Brown only shoots twenty-five point eight percent from downtown, so you don't need to worry about him from behind the arc. If you then if you put him on brown, he can kind of be that roamer. He doesn't have to work so hard, he can save his energy for offense, see how that goes. But But then the question becomes who guards Blake Griffin, which I don't think the Bucs then have anyone else in their current starting lineup. In their current starting lineup of Bledsoe, it would probably be Sterling Brown, Middleton, Giannis, and Lopez. I don't think they have anybody then that could match up with Blake Griffin. Middleton, he's a little bit too small. Griffin could take him down low. Sterling Brown, same thing. You know, then... So I think that that would be the other question mark, is if they want to try to put Giannis on Bruce Brown to free him up a little bit that way, then what do they do? I don't think they have that great second option. Maybe, yeah, I just don't think they have that great second option. So I think that Giannis is going to have to stay on Blake Griffin, and he's going to have to work on defense. But luckily, the Bucks should have no issue picking up that slack on the other end of the floor. Drummond, I think he's going to struggle with stepping out on Brook Lopez all the way to the three-point line. He's struggled with that in the past uh, this season, so I think that will be the issue. I don't think Detroit has anybody who can effectively guard Middleton. Um, Yeah, so I think that even if Giannis has to work a little harder on defense, it should not be an issue in this series against the Pistons because Milwaukee quite clearly overmatches them and is the better team. So let's move on and talk about Chris Middleton, because I think he's another key to this, well, maybe not to this series in particular, but to the playoffs in general. We saw him just go bananas on on the Boston Celtics last year. He's just hitting everything, and the Bucks need a little bit more of that. He won't be able to play to that level again, that's for sure, but they need him to be closer to the 40% three point shooter than the 37.8% he was in the regular season. That's really important for the Bucks to be able to figure that out and for him to get going. He's a real streaky player and they need him to find his shot and get going because he can take that load. You know, he can help carry some of that load. He can be that load management guy for Giannis. He can be the guy, the second score that Bucks Twitter has gone and fought over, and people have been wounded over, friendships have been broken, relationships have ended, families have broken up, all that stuff over Chris Middleton. So I think that he's another key here. Like I said, the Pistons don't really have anybody that match up with him. Sure, they could try Bruce Brown, who... You know, he he could do all right, but he's a rookie second-round pick for a reason. So I'm confident that Middleton will be able to take advantage of that matchup. You know, I think that will be key is if Middleton can get going can build up some momentum for that second round, especially because we don't know how Brogdon is going to be when he gets back. It'll be nice for the for the Bucks to have that balance when Brogdon comes back, but it might take him a few games. Last year in the playoffs, Brogdon was recovering from a foot injury, and he sucked in the first round, and so we don't know what he's going to be like. And That was even with Brogdon having a few games in the regular season to try to get his breath and get his game back. So Middleton really is going to be key. This could be a real confidence booster for him moving forward. And we'll see how that all lines up. Overall, the Pistons... As a team they're not a great three-point shooting team. They ranked 23rd in the NBA last year knocking down only 34.8% of their three-point attempts. So I think that bodes well. The Bucks are somewhat I wouldn't say happy because Brunson has made it happy or has made it clear that he's not happy to give up threes. But the Bucks do give up a lot of threes. And so to get matched up with a team like the Pistons in the first round who aren't a great who aren't a good even. They aren't even a good they they're they're below average outside shooting team. I think that bodes well for the Bucks chances they'll they'll be happy with sort of allowing them to bomb from the outside the the main guys who shoot for the Pistons are Blake Griffin we talked about him he'll be taking some of those threes um Reggie Jackson he takes about 5.7 per game which is fine he's he's a 37% three point shooter this year Wayne Ellington he's a 37.3% three point shooter Luke Kennard he shoots just under 40% so he's a pretty good shooter and then Langston Galloway 35.5%. Um, so they do take a lot of threes. They do rank 6 in the NBA in 34.8 three point attempts per game. So they'll def- they're definitely not shy and they're not hesitant to pull that trigger, which I think will be huge for the Bucks. Um, you know, they'll be able to run those pick and rolls, get some of those screens off the threes. Uh Drummond, he's not the type of big that's hurt the Bucs. You know, he's not in that same mold as Al Horford, um, guys like that who can pick and pop. So the Bucks, that that plays well into the Bucks' hands. That's the you you will probably see their drop pick and roll defense throughout this entire series. The Pistons really don't present a reason for Milwaukee to break out their shifting defense. So they might try to keep that for the second round. So I think that really bodes well. One thing that and the Bucks do have to be careful about is their defensive glass the Pistons rank 5th in the NBA in offensive rebounds a lot of that has to do with Andre Drummond Drummond is just a beast on the boards he gets 5 offensive rebounds a game are you kidding me? 5 offensive rebounds? that's just that's bonkers so the Bucs and Brook Lopez in particular will really have to keep him off the board. I don't think that Lopez will have an issue. He's a great he's a great boxer outer. I almost said he's a great boxer outer. Lopez is great at boxing out, so I don't think that he'll have any issues with Drummond. Drummond will get a couple of rebounds. I I don't expect that number to be five, almost five and a half, like it was in the regular season. But he'll he'll get a couple of game. But the Bucs just need to minimize that. They really need to, you know. What the Bucks like to do is to get out and run, and you and Budenholzer, like he said at the beginning of the season, is you can't get out and run if two things aren't happening. One, you're not getting stops and getting the defensive rebound. Two, you're not fouling, or two, you're following. So if they are able to get their defensive rebounds, get out and run, that'll be key, and it all starts with that matchup on Drummond. Whoever is on him needs to make sure they're boxing him out, putting in their body on him, and initiating that fast break because the Pistons, they will want to slow things down. They were one of the slower teams in the NBA, so they're going to want to grind it out. They're going to want to make the Bucks work in that half court, especially when Milwaukee is on defense. So the Bucks. You know, they love to run. It all starts then on the defensive board for Milwaukee. If they can box Drummond out, they can control that pace. That'll be a big aspect to watch. Who can control the pace? The Bucks are a much better team in transition when guys like Giannis, like Bledsoe, can take advantage of a defense that's not quite set. In the past, Milwaukee has struggled when they have to run their half court offense, past being in years previous in the playoffs. And I can hear you now, that doesn't necessarily apply to this year's team but I think it's it's clear that Giannis is a better player in the open court than he than he is in the half court not saying that he can't get it done in the half court just saying that you know he he loves to get out and run loves to take advantage of guys backpedaling so I think it will be clear or it'll be a nice little contest to see who can control the pace between Detroit and Milwaukee and who can really come out and and set that and play their brand of basketball? Can Can Detroit make Milwaukee play the half court and play their brand of basketball? Or can Milwaukee really set that pace and control that for them? It'll be something to keep an eye on here moving forward. All right, so let's talk now about... How the Bucks will match up with the Pistons' starting lineup. I've talked, I sprinkled it in a little here and there throughout the podcast so far, but let's just kind of go through the matchups. Starting at the top, so Lopez, he'll be matched up on Drummond, no question. That's a great matchup for Lopez. His strengths align perfectly with Drummond's strengths. He'll be able to neutralize him there. I'm not worried about that one whatsoever I think that will be fine that's exactly what the Bucks want if every team could Drummond he's a good player don't get me wrong I feel like I'm minimizing him here he is a good player you know good bad players don't average 17.3 points 15.6 rebounds a game so Drummond is a good player I just feel like that is the best possible outcome for Lopez somebody that he can take advantage of not maybe take advantage of um, on defense but when Lopez is on defense it'll be fine for the Bucks. Uh Giannis on Griffin talked about that one as well. I think that that will be curious to see how that all plays out. It'll be Blake Griffin's knee will be the first question mark. And then Giannis is going to have to work on defense. I talked about that, but just switching to when the Bucks are on offense, Griffin, he's also savvy. What do I mean by savvy? He'll flop. He'll sell those calls. Giannis, if Giannis is going to the hole, if Giannis is trying to make contact, Griffin will take that contact. He'll yell. He'll fall. He'll get the refs' attention. He'll make the refs blow the whistle one way or the other. So Giannis really has to be careful about this. Um, Griffin could end up taking a couple charges a game on him, and if Giannis makes a couple of other stupid fouls or gets called for a couple of other ones, you know, that that could spell some time for him on the bench due to foul trouble. So Giannis really needs to be careful on that front. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he, how Giannis reacts to that matchup. You know, he's really got to be careful. So that's one to keep an eye on. Moving down the list, Chris Middleton. I, I go back and forth, but I think he'll be matched up on Bruce Brown. Brown, the rookie non-offensive factor, Middleton, this will help him be able to carry that stronger load on offense. Middleton doesn't really have to worry about Brown. Brown, like I said before, only 25.8, three-point shooter. He won't shoot very often from downtown. He won't shoot very often at all. He's a sub-40% shooter from the field. Oh, his effective field goal percentage is nasty at 43.6%. So Brown non-factor, but I think that Middleton will draw that matchup because then that will free up Sterling Brown, who I think will get the start at shooting guard. That I think that will free him up to be matched up onto Wayne Ellington, who is a decent scoring option for the Pistons. Uh, Ellington, you know, he can make teams pay from outside. He's a 37% shooter. He loves to shoot from downtown. So I think that'll free then Sterling Brown up to defend Ellington, to chase him around the arc, chase him all around the court. And I'm comfortable with that matchup. Sterling Brown, he loves to grind his teeth. He loves to play hard. I think he will thrive in that matchup. Um So that will free him up to to guard Ellington. And then the final matchup is Bledsoe. I almost called him Drew Bledsoe. My goodness, it's playoff time. It's Eric Bledsoe then on Reggie Jackson. And that's another matchup that I'm comfortable with. Reggie Jackson, he's a decent player. He's a decent playmaker for the Pistons. He'll run their point guard. Um, Bledsoe will just I think Bledsoe will be on the All NBA team this year for defensive for the All NBA defensive team, Um, and so I think that'll be a good matchup. I think Bledsoe will shut him down. They, their strengths play to one another. Bledsoe's a little bit quicker defensively; he's a little bit stronger. Jackson isn't a great three-point shooter, even though he can make it. So I think that'll be a good gr- a good matchup for Bledsoe, a good warm-up. You know, if if the Bucks end up playing the Celtics in the second round, Reggie Jackson will be a great warm-up for Kyrie Irving. They're not anywhere near the same player, but it'll just get him into that mindset of having to lock down defensively every possession and get him rolling with that. So I think that is. Another great matchup for the Bucks. All around, I think Milwaukee is doing just fine in that area. And I I just wouldn't be doing my job if we didn't talk about Thon Maker to end this all. So Thon Maker, who the Bucks traded to Detroit in the middle of the season... Hopefully we don't see playoff Thon. We all know what a danger playoff Thon is to the opposing team. So hopefully we as Milwaukee fans don't experience playoff Thon on the other side of things. I don't know if we will. I'm fine. Thonmaker has not, for those of you who have not been keeping up, Thonmaker has basically done the same thing on the Pistons as he did with the Bucks. He's shot 30.7% from downtown, didn't grab too many rebounds, didn't get, de- didn't dish out too many assists he blocked a couple of shots but i mean overall just the same old his numbers are actually a little bit down from his time in Milwaukee so it's not like bucks just got rid of this guy who some people were still kind of holding out on his potential at least in these last 30 games or whatever that he played for detroit he was the same old thon maybe just a little bit worse but hopefully the bucks don't get to experience playoff thon i'm excited to see him come back. I'm excited to see you know that energy, that passion that he plays for. He's a great person. And it'll just be interesting to see how he reacts going up against his former team. Sure, he might know some tricks, some ins and outs in Milwaukee's offense, but at this point, everybody does. You have 82 games worth of film. Everybody has that. So I'm not worried about that part, but I think it'll just be fun. I'm really looking forward to to seeing Thon and to see how he reacts. You know, he'll get a couple games in Detroit, see how he revs up that Pistons crowd. I think that'll be a blast. I'm looking forward to that aspect of the game. So overall, I'll be doing my film study tonight. I'll go back through and watch all four of the Bucks pistons games. I'm going to have an article out on BrewHoop breaking that down. I'm not exactly sure what angle I'm going to take yet. I might try to take up Take a look at like an underrated matchup, take a look at how the Pistons might attack the Bucs, what the Bucks' weaknesses, particular weaknesses are in this series, in this first round series. I'm not exactly sure what that'll look like, but I just gotta run through the film and then I'm sure something will hit me. You know, I want to be prepared, want to be able to give you guys the best, because you're the best and you deserve the best. So that'll all be coming out tonight. I appreciate it if you guys subscribe to this podcast under the brew hoop feed even though it's called like the Bucks Film Room Podcast but it's under the brew hoop feed so make sure you subscribe to that Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Bucks Film Room I will be at the game on Sunday night now which like I said is a worst case scenario for me but overall keep an eye out on some stuff coming out here in the next few days on this Bucks Pistons matchup thanks for tuning in guys and I'll catch you next time